0: Welcome, you're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams, here with my friend and pastor, Kevin Jack. Thank you for joining us and taking time out of your day to become a better leader. If you're new, we release a new episode every Wednesday. Uh, we'd love for you to download that on your favorite podcast platform. Also, hit the subscribe button and share this with a friend on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Please rate and review on Apple Podcast a few extra minutes doing that will help us get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you getting better like us. Visit leadinghope.online, get updates, find out more. Out, wow. leading hope community. We continue. Actually, we finalize. Finalize. Complete. I should probably beat uh, by my microphone. Testal What's that word? Tetalistaya. Thank you. There we go. That <laughs> one. Didn't know what you were saying that at one. first. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure it out. It is finished. Uh, that is it. That's well, that's what we're doing here. By the end of this episode, it yes, is finished. It will be. And uh, <laughs> this one is 177. Called this the Transformer. Leading Well no matter where you are, is the series.
1: Yep. So, wrapping up our series, Leaning Well, No Matter Where You Are Today. Today, I want to talk about this idea of how do you become the transformer?
0: Yes. <laughs> how do you? He sang the
1: whole time leading oh. up to this episode. He would not quit singing I'm an old his man, stupid Transformers song. No one would song. know the Transformers song, and then he song. actually gets into the if, moment. Here's, here's a question: where he can sing more than meets the eye, yeah. and he completely s- didn't even
0: like just struck out looking like no
1: swing and a miss. I was,
0: uh, I was here. Let me look, <laughs> just for fun. If you know the Transformers song, tell us. <laughs> that you know it. So how do you become
1: someone who can help transform context, who can help transform the organization that you're in? And we've been throughout this whole series. We said, Hey, if, leaders do not become conscious of the culture and context they interact with and are embedded in those cultures will manage them. And so today I want to give this idea that a good leader is successful in a specific context while a great leader is able to create impact in a variety of contexts. And uh, one of the things I see is I'll see people step out of, um, active leadership in a specific organization and move into more of a consulting role. Mm -hmm. And then all of their consultant is attempting to turn the organization they're consulting with into the organization that they led. Sorry. I just think that's that's funny. Do you have any examples? No, I absolutely would not share them even if I did. Okay. I
0: just didn't know if you
1: did. But it's that idea is to say like, I did this one thing well, and so yes there's some principles yes there's some pieces that you learn that are significant and yes even for some people replicating the model is maybe their easiest quickest path to success but i believe that a good leader is able to be successful in a specific context a great leader knows how to create change in any context no matter where they are and that's what we're after we're after the fact that wherever we're dropped in good. that we can discern where it is we we've listened we've walked around, we've heard the stories, we've asked questions, like we can discern where it is, we can gain insight on where it needs to be. And we can lead it there in a healthy way. Uh, I, I believe good leaders can lead anywhere, great leaders can lead anywhere, good leaders can lead somewhere. And so what are the things that you can put in place that say, hey, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm leading, these are some principles that help me impact change. Okay, So today I want to walk through things that I believe are universally applicable, and I don't think any of them you're going to go, oh, I've never heard of this before, but you may have very much overlooked it because you didn't think it was that significant because maybe it wasn't new or novel. So three ways that you can lead well no matter where you are and so that you can be someone who transforms organizations. First idea. Increase diversity. Okay? Increase diversity. Um this section, um there's man, to give a full discussion on this, it would take us hours and hours and hours that we don't have okay
0: 20 minutes or less (laughs) so this
1: section i'm only talking about the benefits of diversity not always how you accomplish that all the issues along the way okay so just know there's pieces that are important that i'm not going to be able to touch on in any way but i just want to give you some aspects of this Uh, first idea diversity increases adaptive capacity The more turbulent the environment that you're in, the more important it is for the organization to maximize diversity. Because diversity reduces blind spots And it increases options by having different perspectives, basic based upon different backgrounds. And when I say diversity, I mean, across the board, every single aspect of diversity. Okay. We're not just talking racial, ethnic, we're talking gender. We're talking age, we're talking income. We're talking background. We're talking country that you were born in. Like every single one of these pieces are applicable. Okay. The more diversity you have, the less blind spots you will have, and the more creative options that will be brought to the table. Uh, People who have only ever existed in one context together will not have the level of creativity of people who have served in a variety of capacities. We see this like in a really simple way, just when we do service planning. Yeah. Because a lot of us who are part of our service planning served in different churches and different spots before we were in. And so when it comes to like, Hey, we have this issue like immediately we're not um, we're not trying to imagine every possible scenario there's real quick well here we did it like this and here we did it like this and here this worked well yeah or just say real simple okay when you increase diversity you reduce blind spots and you increase options this is effective no matter where you are okay <laughs> no matter where you are. Now, I I just want to give this one note. And again, this isn't a sufficient note for the conversation that's needed fully on this. But I would just say like, uh, I believe that diversity must be born out of humility and the value of each individual. That's just like kind of an essential key to that, that if that desire for diversity is not built around a value for each individual, then every single piece of this will be counteracted and it will probably blow up in your face and not go well. So that is number one, increase diversity. Number two, create psychological safety. Leaders must be able to understand the deeper levels of a culture, we talked about that in episode 175, to assess the functionality of the assumptions assumptions made at that level and to deal with the anxiety, that's fun, that is unleashed when those assumptions are challenged. This is what I'm saying real simply, okay? You need to know why people get upset when things change. <laughs> If you're going to be able to effectively and adequately deal with the impact of that change. Okay. Just, just know when you change stuff, someone is going to be annoyed. Someone is going to be aggravated. If you're not prepared in your understanding of your context to grasp why that anxiety is created, you cannot effectively deal with it. And the way that you effectively deal with it is by proactively creating psychological safety. Now, I want to give you just a list right here. Uh, v, just to make sure we're on the same page, when I say psychological safety, what's in your head?
0: Uh, safe space. Okay. What's it mean for you? Because that's not, that's not language you use. I mean, that's what it Yeah, I mean, for me, psychological. Ask it a different
1: way. Uh, if I was to describe to someone a work environment that felt healthy, uh, when I say safe, I don't mean, because th- this is where I wanted to clarify in the conversation. I don't mean free from confrontation. Right. Because I think a lot of people do. No one will challenge me. No one will correct me. Oh,
0: yeah. That's not what yeah, we mean. No, I think of high trust. Okay. Yeah, high trust, like you can say what you want, I'm not gonna get offended, and I'm not gonna hate you, and I'm gonna try to move with you to where we need to go. I'm not I'm not shocked if I get fired. No. It doesn't come out of the blue.
1: Right. I'm not walking into work every day wondering who's gonna be mad at me, what don't I right. know about. Right, good, anything yeah. you'd add to that? No, that's that's just high, high trust environment. Cool, so that's what, when we're talking about creating psychological safety, that's the idea that we're talking about. And I just wanna give you some simple tools of creating that psychological safety. Um, One, uh, a compelling positive vision. Uh, Not a vision that states that everything that is wrong that needs to change, but one that people are inspired by. When you have clearly defined, this is where we're headed, there is safety in our everyday actions because we understand if we're doing something that significantly contributes to that, we've got no reason to be concerned about employment or other things. So a compelling positive vision creates psychological safety. Uh, Formal training, practice sessions and coaches, anything you can do to increase somebody's um, competency in their work. People don't feel safe if they feel like the job that they're doing, they suck at, okay? If people feel like they are doing a terrible job, they don't feel like they're safe in their work. And again, I don't mean safe as free from like confrontation, free from um, correction or any one of those other things. I mean, high trust environment. That's what we're looking for. Positive role models create psychological safety. Having people in the organization who are high character. I heard uh, Ernie Johnson, TNT, analyst years ago said the best way to lead one of the easiest ways to lead is if your best player is also your best person oh that's good if the person who is the most talented also has the most character then leadership is so easy that's good and so you do that by creating positive role models uh systems and structures that are consistent with the new way of thinking and working okay if the process is aligned with the values and the vision, then people feel like, hey, I don't, have to, I don't have to memorize process because it's far more intuitive and it makes sense. And then the last one I wanna give here on the list is good upward communication. Uh, without it, organizations will never be safe or effective. And this is really important is your communication model, especially talking to people who manage larger organizations, okay? Your communication structure is not your organizational structure. Okay. Your communication structure is not the same thing as the decision-making structure, just because they report to so-and-so and so-and-so and -and 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 so-and-so does not mean they cannot directly talk to the person who is three or four levels up or the person who is on the other side. Good upward communication, knowing, hey, if there's an issue, if there's a problem, I can just go and talk to that person. That creates high trust. That creates psychological safety. V, anything you want to jump into on those? Nope, keep going. Okay, last one here then. The transformer, and that is... You can lead well, no matter where you are, by dealing with the past without getting trapped by it. Uh, I love this. Uh, this list is not my list. Uh, this list came from the book, uh, How to Lead What You Didn't Start by Tyler Reagan. And I thought this was fantastic. And these are just some of the things. And again, all these lists, they're in the show notes, okay? Because I know we're going through these fast. If you are listening to this as you're driving, no matter where you are, my hope is at least you can grab one of them and go, I can implement that. Oh, I need to be clear on positive role models. Oh, I need to be better at good, positive, upward communication. But if you need to go back and reference the list, that's why they're there. So how do you deal with the past without getting trapped by it? You celebrate appropriately. You honor the right things. You shift focus. So when I'm talking about where we need to go, I love this phrase. When I'm talking about where we need to go, it's not a reflection of good or bad within the organization. It's a direction for the future. This helped me so much. Just say like, Hey, I can talk about a future that is different than the present without it being a criticism of the present. It's good. Okay. Just say, this is just a shift. We're going in a new direction. I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about the past but I am saying something positive about our future. So shifting focus, casting that new compelling vision was part of his list, which is part of the compelling positive vision that creates psychological safety. And then last off, and this is key is that eventually you have to move on from honoring instead of honoring the right things. You need to now give value to the new things that you're seeking to build upon. There are people in your organization, especially if you're new. Okay. There are people in your organization who should be celebrated, not as an influence ploy, but because of the significant things that they have done that has enabled your organization to get to where it is today. Honor is deserved. Okay. It says give honor where honor should be given. I think I botched that verse. Okay, <laughs> thank you very much yeah. <laughs> on that. But at a certain point in time, you have to move on from honoring, and you have to begin to talk about the future and the things that need to be
0: built upon. It's good. That's good. <clears throat> That's good. Uh, the, you know, you said something earlier that I thought just it struck a chord with me. Just just in the fact that you said these um, the leaders need to understand the deeper levels of culture and assess the functional. Uh, functionality of assumptions made at that level and deal with the anxiety that's unleashed when those assumptions are um, challenged or changed. I think you might've said um, because look, I mean, any organization that's growing that has a future that like you just said that you want to live into things change. Yeah. They don't stay the same. Um, and we know that some people, I mean, more than we would like get uh, anxiety when you just ask them to do something, <laughs> let alone change something. Fair. Right. So, I mean, when, when, with, when knowing that, what are you, um, within these, I like what you said about like character of the leader is yeah. the best role model. Like that makes complete sense. Shout out, Ernie, if you're listening. <laughs> um, <coughs> but like, what are those systems and structures that are consistent? What are the things that, that you're helping uh, people see that change is coming? I mean, you put it in the values, uh, specifically here, you put it in the values at, at, at Highland park. Um, that, you know, like we change on, or change on I I can't even say it now. Oh my gosh, uh, on a dime, turn on, turn a dime. on a dime. Um, like we, we, we write those out, but then how do you live in that as, as time goes on?
1: Yeah. How do you actually make sure it's part of the yeah, process? Yeah, because you've told you it, we've, we
0: reviewed it and we've brought it up in strategic meeting, but within the environments of which that needs to be lived out, how do you yeah. construct a structure that makes sense for everyone that says, okay, it's not a big deal. We're changing this from this because it's yeah. who we are.
1: Um, well, I would say like, if you look at like your organizational, I I think the word is agility, Yeah, how quickly it can move from one position to another can be attributed to a couple things. Like number one is like, who actually has the authority to make the decisions? Yeah. Another one is how often do processes change within the church? Because if, if change is rare, then when change is attempted to be implemented, implemented, it's going to be an uphill battle every time. Yeah. If change actually becomes the norm, then it, it's crazy. So what I'm saying is no, that makes sense. the less change you have, the bigger the fights are going to be.
0: Yeah. The more change you have, the less significant fights you're going to have about it. That makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, the more you do something, the more you becomes normalized. Yeah. That's good. Um, when you say deal with the past without getting trapped in it, Uh, do you want to talk about anything, example specific, anything that you've worked out in your, in your tenure at any of the places that you've served? Uh, well,
1: let me just say it as, um, I will hear people talk about new vision, new future. I'll hear senior leaders talk about new vision, new future, and then they never deal with change at the level of systems. And they go, well, nothing's gonna change, like that's it. And and sometimes, uh, and, and then to put the like more like spiritual component upon it, and I don't mean ne- necessarily like Holy Spirit component. I mean like spiritual element of it is we get into this piece of honoring the past, which I believe is important. Give honor where honor is due. There right. we go. That's the verse. Yep. And we never move on from that. Right. And so now we're actually we we've actually instead of the past just being there now we've built walls around it that we're actually trapped by because we got ourselves stuck in it that's and great and so if i can make it like real simple one of the best ways to give honor is to specify what are the virtues and values that you're honoring that's great <laughs> cuz otherwise people will make an assumption yeah. we want to honor them well they may have done something really significant but if they're a butt now <laughs> yeah and you honor them now you have made a hero of the person who is now counteracting your vision. That's good. And so they say, I want to honor this about them and what they did because then you're able to uphold the virtue as the thing that should
0: be embodied. I think that's incredibly important and, and rare. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that that's so – I, I can tell you that uh, for myself, I am – I held a belief in a, in a life present or past that was if I did this – whatever it is long enough that i deserve to be honored it's good right Like i did this position uh, i did i was a web development director for 19 years uh i should be honored for sticking it out that long like we have these belief systems that says because i did it even if i did it great like that's fine but but just because of my tenure at this thing that i am deserving of a, a set of circumstances that differs from someone who didn't do it and i don't think that's fair and i don't think it's right i think we can't honor people for just that thing alone it's good it should have been my character that i did it at or that the, how i cared for people right that i did that it was looked yep. at or how i was able to help people move from here to there right coaches get it wrong every day in the world they think that just because i won this thing that's great right? That's great that you won, but did the kid become a better person in the process? Yeah. That's the thing we honor. And so yep. I just think as this, as we move and, and get deal uh, from our, our past experiences, it's, good. it's so it's important. Good what do you got?
1: Good. And so to kind of close this out in this series, uh, let me give you one note and one assignment. Whoa, <laughs> <how about that. laughs> so first note, uh, don't blame bad outcomes on anyone but yourself. Context cannot be the fault. You are the leader. If you blame context, You will never be able to change context and you will continuously exist in the same environment that you've been in. That's not your role. You're the transformer. So here's your assignment is to ask simply this, am I successful in one things, one thing, one things, am I successful in one thing, or am I able to be successful in all things? I really believe that a good leader can lead in an environment. A great leader can lead in any environment. And so, just pause for a second and say, "Like, am I an expert on this model, or am I actually becoming effective as a leader as a whole?" And I could I, I give like a word of caution: be cautious, consultants, who go
0: out and to try to turn everything into the one thing that you built. That's good. That's good. That's it. As my friend Rob Snyder would say yes. <laughs> in, in one of Adam Sandler's moments, you can do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you for joining 177, the Transformer. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you are new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed to Mean the World to us, if you did that now, also post about it, rate and review or both. Uh, you won't believe how that helps get the podcast in the hands of uh, so many more leaders just like you learning to get better like us. And we love hearing your stories of how the podcast is working in your life and business. If you have a story, visit Leading Hope. Online and send that to us. We would love to hear from you. And remember, everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader. Make it count. Woo!